Hello, and welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. This week, welcome to a very special episode of Dragon's Demise, where we talk about what happened at WashingCon. That's right. That was just this past weekend, September 10th and 11th. We got to go, and we had a blast. It was great to be at the convention. Jacob went last year. I actually didn't, so this was my first year going, but I hear that it grew astronomically. Yeah, it was, I think, almost six times the size. There were around 200 people, something like that, up to 250 people last year at the convention. And this year, it was up to 1,200 people, I believe, at one point. Incredible. They've got to feel really good about that. Yeah, exactly. And it was a very successful convention from my point of view. The convention itself had a lot of really cool things to do. So you had, of course, the board games and a lot of them. Right. You know, the board game room was huge. It was basically took up the entire conference hall, you know, yes. the primary hall. And I think that's exactly what it needed to be. You know, it's a board game convention. If you don't have board games front and center, what are you doing? But, you know, in addition to that, they had the RPG room off to the side, which was always full of people. I think there were four or five different systems being run yeah. uh, every day. X-Wing room. You had the breakout rooms for panels, individual tournaments. I know there was an evolution tournament. There was a Ticket to Ride tournament, not mm-hmm. to mention the enormous game of Catan that they played on Sunday. Yeah, it was pretty much two giant tables, and the tables each had probably about 30 people. So you have 60 people playing Catan with each other. I can't even play Catan with four people at this point. I get too frustrated, so more power to those guys. Exactly. But it was really cool, and there were a lot of designers at Washington as well. And that was highlighted especially through the Unpub. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Unpub had a a pretty substantial corner of the games room. And I know I I didn't get a chance to go over there, but I know you had a particular favorite, the ridiculously complicated board game, the card game. Yes, exactly. And that just finished up its Kickstarter, and they actually did fund. So I'm really excited to get that in my game library. It's very fun. It's a game similar to a Flux-type game where you just get to play different rules and other things like that. And it's really quick, 15 minutes. Like It was over before I knew it, and I wanted to play another round, and it it was great. Uh, I got to play that as well as actually a game that I talked about earlier on Dragon's Demise a few weeks ago, which was Hunker Chunky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a very funny name, but it's a very good game, I would say. It's the second time I've played it, and it's still just as fun as the first time. There definitely is still in progress. We are playtesting, so there's still tweaks, and it's probably not going to come out until next year. But at the same time, already, it's a game that I've been really enjoying playing and can't wait to play again. Well, that's great. Overall, I think definitely a massive success for the convention as a whole, and I want to give a huge shout-out to Labyrinth Games, Steve Jackson Games, everyone who was there, Ben Rossett, Mac Rosso, Yes. Um, everyone All the volunteers. Who, absolutely. The, there were so many volunteers, mm-hmm. and they did such a great job. Everyone was super passionate, and it was just great to see the community come together and create something that was so fantastic and mm-hmm. so enjoyable, really. Yeah, and I have to commend uh, Judy, Kathleen, Ben, and Matt especially. They did an amazing job getting this all put together. They did a great job making this convention, which 
a lot of people didn't think would exist a few years ago just because of how DC is and they didn't really realize that there was such a large board gaming community. They just made this into such a ama- amazing convention that's just going to keep growing and keep gathering more and more prestige over the years. So kudos to them. So one of the things that we got to do uh, while we were at the convention was actually just walk around the con floor and talk to people who were there and get a sense of what they were feeling, ask them some questions. Uh, the first question that we asked them was actually, you know, what was your favorite experience so far at the con? And so here are some clips from some of those conversations. I feel like there's some very interesting games. Um, I like the option the, that you can just uh, grab a bunch of games, plays as you want, and like also try out some Kickstarters. And the best part is like while you play, have some fun. You can at the same time have a chance of winning games. So, awesome. so um, I gotta go with the RPGs. I actually just gotta watch them. Uh, and some of those GMs are like really masterful. Like just like peering around from like the behind a door, just like listening to them go. They really know what they're doing. It's amazing. Well, I haven't yet to. I yeah, I've yet to do it because I'm going to be running a game at five o'clock in the role-playing game room. Oh, okay, awesome. What game? I'll be running a, a bubblegum shoe game from Evil Hat. Uh, I don't know. I just like kind of seeing all the games on display, kind of seeing the community that's out here. I just moved to DC, so the fact that you guys uh, have a convention that actually caters to the board gaming community as opposed to like the war gaming community is pretty exciting. I've really enjoyed seeing all the people trying new games for the first time and learning new games. I got to teach a couple people X-Wing. Mm-hmm. and just seeing someone find a new possibility they didn't know existed beforehand and get to try something that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise have done. I love playing all the really the new games and learning them and trying to win them in the play-to-win sign-up sheet so I can increase my board game collection. I think a lot of it has to be the potential to come away with a lot of new games. So obviously you get one just by registering, but then you also get stuff from play-to-win and you can enter into the raffle with stuff like the Unpub games or if you go into an RPG. So I think overall just the massive ability to come away with a fair amount of a games collection has to be pretty cool. Uh, I think I just broke like a record score in a a game I don't play very often, so that's fun. Made $400,000 in the fashion industry. Getting to try new games to me. Getting to try games I've been wanting to try and succeeding in that goal. Oh, well, so far it's been um, watching all the playtesters has been really interesting. Um, I've seen a couple of great games over there. One of them, which was Jason. No, not Jason. Yeah, his name is Jason. He, he had a pretty fun game about playing complicated board games. Yeah. And it's actually so on fun. Kickstarter yeah. for another three days. So if you guys have a chance to check it out, I think and it's still over advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. And, um, and then also seeing everybody gather here. This is like a lot more than last year's um, watching con. Really it's like quadrupled the size. So like seeing like everybody here and watching everybody like play all these different games, you know, it's it pretty awesome. In addition to that, we also actually had the chance to say of the games that you've played so far, what was your favorite one of those specifically? There was a very interesting and simple game called uh, Romans Go Home. That one, and also one called Salon. Um, yeah, there's a game over here. Um, God, I wish I remember the name. But it was about tea trading. Okay. Uh, and it had uh, a really interesting design that this guy had made. And it was uh, pretty beautiful. That in Salem. Um, okay. It has this beautiful box. And it's a social deduction game that I know we didn't play right. 
<laughs> but even still, it was pretty good. It's all kind of a learning experience. Um, but I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to getting a game in tomorrow um, with uh, Trail of Cthulhu, oh, okay. also in the role playing game. I'm here mostly for the RPGs. Um, I really liked Agricola. I played that, which I really had a good time. Um, and then I uh, did a couple demos of uh, I think uh, some dungeon crawler. Okay. Uh, that I can't really remember what it was exactly, but it was really, really great. I had a great time playing that. Uh, I tried Hanobi, Hanabi, Hanobi, for Hanabi, yeah. yeah, for the first time, and I really liked it. And it was a, uh, it was different than other games I've played in in all the best ways. Let's see here. I think I've only like so I haven't been here long. I think I've only played about two, so I'd have to say, well, Predaporte, the one I did very well with with the fashion industry. Awesome. Heavy economic game. Funny theme. I, I like it. <laughs> I would say World's Fair 1893, a lightweight Euro game, uh, very quick. Uh, I might just get it for myself too. So far, I've only played two games. This is my second game, and so far I like this one. Um, this is Romans Go Home, and we get to play these crazy people like Axe McGold, Horsey McGold, and we get to try to capture some forts. So this is actually the first game I played. I noticed a lot of games on the uh, library over there for play to win and the, just the rental games that I've had before. But I've got to say, I'm a big fan of the. I like this game of the construct of it, but I also uh, this game of Romans Go Home. But I also want to see um, play between two cities or something like that. I know we had it around here. In addition to walking around and talking to some people about their experiences of the con and what they've liked so far, we actually got to play some games with some people. Some people are new, some old, but the first one that we got to play was with all new people, and it was a great game that I talked about last time, Dragon and Flagon. Alright guys, hello. welcome to Washington, and today we're playing Dragon Flagon. So, thanks, thank you all for joining us, uh, and why don't we go ahead, say hello, introduce maybe your character. Uh, starting with, you go ahead. Oh gosh, hello. My name is Asma, I'm a mage. Yeah, graffiti artist by night, mage by day. There we go. Hello. My name is Montero, the swashbuckler. My father was killed at the dragon and flagon for trying to avenge his death by drinking their drink. I'm Two-Eyed Jack, the buccaneer. I have two eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's an appropriate name. Yep. Hi, I'm, I'm Nari, the rogue. I like to stab stuff. There we go. And I'm Margallo, the druid. And, well, I'd always heard about the ale, so I thought I might as well try the best. Uh, I'm Tio, the monk. I'm supposed to be a master of self-discipline, so I'm really not sure what I'm doing here. <laughs> We're going to make the best of it. So. Alright, let's go ahead and get started. I guess I'm gonna move and then slash. Just the left. Oh, just the left. Okay, I'm just gonna move. So you're just gonna move? Then maybe I'll slash that. Uh, yeah, I wonder what the <laughs> druid's gonna do. <laughs> you know, druid uses a slashing weapon anyway. My, my, my wood is sharp. 
<laughs> is it? <laughs> As was age with a familiar. God, not move action. What is this nonsense? <laughs> tired. <laughs> so uh, I get to place my familiar token in any empty square facing the direction. And uh, all special actions I perform can be cast from the cat. I can cast spells. It's a very useful familiar. I'm going to put this thing... Uh, so it's anywhere in this row? The row. I'm going to... Dagger Rain. Uh-oh. Dagger Rain? Rang. So I get to throw my, my dagger at somebody. I get to throw, like, straight right at the familiar. Get the cat. Dagger the cat. I think the monk. So I can go to angle. Oh, no, no. How yes. far? And you just keep going. It just travels the distance until... Indicated direction. Alright, how much reputation do I lose for getting hit in the face with a dagger? <laughs> Don't I have deflect arrows or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and you're stunned. <laughs> and you're oh, no. stunned for two. That's okay, I'm stunned. Yes, swashbuckler, tarot, wave hat. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you just you just wave your hat. Yeah. But it knocks me. And back I steal again. a reputation from you, and you're stunned twice. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means that you would put cards down here, but you don't even have to because they're already full. So nothing. It means nothing. And I'm gonna face this way. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funnier if you just wave your hat and then turn your back. So can... <laughs> uh, the druid. druid. I'm gonna pick up the mug. We continue our tense stand up. <laughs> yep, Ron. Hey, Mitch. Alright. I can still do stuff, even yeah. though I'm stunned. Yeah. Alright, I was not impressed by your hat waving. <laughs> so I'm gonna throw this mug no! point blank right at the side of your face. <laughs> at that point, why throw it? Just hold on to it. Like, yeah, just uh, let me keep All it. Alright, so you take uh, two reputation from me, and I'm stunned. You're stunned. Mage. Mage, join it. So, my cat is going to cast <laughs> what is called an ice cone, but really, this is the cone of cold. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I affect any character in this cone shaped formation yeah, going out from the cat. And, uh, it, shifts, it shifts their character token plus one space in the time track, so you're slow. Basically, but uh, and I'm gonna do it to uh, the two-eyed Jack because he's got the flag in it. It's acting real cocky right now. So it's the two of them that get affected by it. I think. No, no, there's only one. Only, oh, one. Exactly. Take, I wish it was a whole, take three from two-eyed Jack. Uh, I take six from two-eyed Jack because oh, because you posted. Here, give him a five. That was uh, how much time? Magical? How much time? How much time did that take? Uh, that took two. <laughs> Alright, who's first? I get to be ineffectual again because my plan totally failed. There are no other characters on the table. And so, yeah. 
No, on tables other than these. All characters on tables. Oh. oh so any character on a oh. table. Well, that's you. <laughs> you get to give me two of your reputation. Three, because he posted. And you <laughs> told him off. If you get hit when yeah. you post, you lose more. Yep. Nice. I risk my reward. Who's plus one? All right, and then I am going to actually turn. That's three. Or this way. Yeah. Yeah, that does not start. Guards. Okay, game's over. Guards come and break up our fun. Okay. We went from 15 to 5 points. So, count your reputation. We'll see who wins. <laughs> I got like 33. Wow. I got smoked. Yeah. What did you have? I had 28. You were close. If I hadn't close. yanked the rug, yeah. you probably would have been 27. Good. I probably should have cast it on you. Yeah. 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 So like, uh, I guess cool the swashbuckler is cool because none of his stuff is actually that hard to do, but it's all small. Yeah. So like, he can hit a bunch of people around him. It's good if you're in the thick of things. Yeah. It's interesting that they each have kind of like yeah. different strategies. Because yeah. like yeah. the well, you've only got four unique cards, but they really change your. Your stuff a lot. The rogue is right. awesome. Yeah, no, rogue that was fun. Yeah, the rogue is super mobile. I like. I thought two eye jack was cool too. I'm actually really glad the game ended because I was about to slash and do whatever posted if I had gone before you. So I was like, thank God, guards, take me away. <laughs> take away my sword, please. I, I should have used my. Uh, I should have gotten the flagon earlier because uh, what that lets me do is for seven turns I get to take back all my planned cards and just play them straight from my hand. Oh, it's dude, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, I think that's with like magic casters because the flagon lets me cast all the spells. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like oh, that's awesome. Really useful. Yeah. Super. I just think I totally misplayed that game. But. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. It's our first game. Yeah, exactly. So, but it was fun. a lot of fun. Thanks, guys, yeah, for, cool. for yeah, joining us. Super uh, fun. Thanks for As you can see, that was a blast. We also got to play another game called Twistosity. That's right, and Twistosity actually was really interesting. The designer, Michael Keeley, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, sorry, Michael, um, was in attendance, and he was he was there promoting the game, so we actually got to sit down with him and play it, as well as uh, you know a handful of other people that we just roped in from the con. But this was a really cool game because you read tongue twisters, but as he pointed out in a conversation with us, tongue twisters have long been used in speech therapy as a way to overcome... Um, you know, speech impediments as a way to teach English enunciation to English learners. And so he said that one of his goals for the game is actually for that to end up as a tool to use in, in schools. Um, we definitely didn't use it as an educational tool, but it was a lot of fun. I think it's a great way of adding a little bit of speech therapy and a lot of fun into one little game. Absolutely. And here's some of that. So we throw the twist before it's revealed? Yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, it, honestly, it's just about having fun. So like some people look at it for a second. But yeah, you want to ultimately throw I'll hold it before. Mine. Yeah, I'm going to hold mine too. So, yeah, old lady time. All right. Oh, senile sensation. Speak like an elderly person. Starting with in my day and ending with, huh? What? <laughs> in my day. Beatrice's no. blaring, oh, brisk like beats, boosted, bustling Boston bars. Huh? Yeah. 
Game show announcer. Alright. You've just won, and, and now back to you. You've just won Theo's three top. Uh, yeah. Theo's three tires. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasted that. I wasted Yeah. That was bad. Did you even finish? No, yeah, it was like, that was a long one, too. Theo's was all like, alright. Yeah. Right. It's over. Yeah. One for you, sir. Opera. Speech for the first I secretly hate you just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> None of the you, syllables work, but can, can you pull it off? Can you pull it off? <laughs> That's the real question at the end of the day. Floundering Franklin, the fast flounder, fought for the first in the flounder fish finals. Because <laughs> 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 the FL sound does not work with opera. That's, yeah. that's why I, oh, oh, yeah, I got to get Nada. I get a free pass. You just gotta read your regular voice, which sometimes is. is sometimes it can still be tough. Alright. Buggy the board bumblebee behaved badly by bumping into busy beehive building bumblebees. Why are you steal your stuff? Why are you to me? I am a good person. Alright. So, another inside uh, secret uh, that card right there is for my grandma. Her nickname is Buggy. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I can see that. Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's steal right there. You try. Right, there you go. Gonna, Anybody? I got. I got no. Yeah. My stuff got stolen. I can't do. Oh, talk like you're. All right. Speak like you are talking to a widow baby and with awe. I don't talk to my daughter. It's like the same thing. Yeah. Theatrically throwing twists at tough tongue twisters is twistosity's thrill. Wisosti thoughtfully thanks you thoroughly through this trying tongue twister test. Aww. I, no. Oh, yeah, fine. I'll take that. I'm not gonna, I don't think I can do it again. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 All right. Worth it for the effect. Nothing else. <laughs> I think he got through it. I don't know what it could be. Was that a baby or was that? I feel like an old lady. It was just really high pitched. I think it could be a little bit more with your whittle. Little baby. I'm doing that. I'm done. Alright, lip movements. The audience can't see this, but. Should we not look? Yeah, everyone look Leave the room. I like this game. Good. Do we actually throwing twist that tongue tongue twist? I'm not. Now you are the child. <laughs> How many people are throwing it at me? Let's see. Monster. 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 <laughs> Everyone does Cookie Monster. <laughs> I mean, it's a monster. Oh, Kermit the Frog would be a great Kermit. Yeah, I was thinking about that. The discard one, where does it go? Queen's Quarters Quotes. Quotes were misquoted, so Queen requoted the misquoted quotes. Quotes. Wow. Oh. How did that feel? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it felt like D&D. <laughs> well 
That was good, yeah. That was good. Alright, who's All messing right. with me? Me, finally, I promise. <laughs> right. I just have to think of something. On the spot, yeah, you gotta think of something. See, I was first sitting like Barney. Like. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, Barney, except in a fire. <laughs> so just a screaming Barney? That's slowly getting Barney. You just go with Barney. Just the Barney voice? Just embrace Barney. I don't even remember what he sounds like. <laughs> oh, a big purple dinosaur, oh. you can do it. <laughs> yeah. Hello, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cruel campers camped camp cabins can find campers cranky campers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Craig. One other game that we didn't actually get to play, but it certainly felt like we were playing because we were right there in the thick of it, was Two Rooms and a Boom. And that was on Saturday night. The first game had, I think, 72 people? Something along those lines. It was huge. They packed the rooms. I believe it was Bill who was doing it. It was. And he did an amazing job. He set up this whole game. He knew which cards to put in, which cards to keep out how to keep the game balanced and how to make it actually work for such a large group. Yeah, he was definitely a master and uh, I had a chance to talk to him before the game got started. He said he'd been planning this for over a year. So just in terms of sheer commitment, it really paid off. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. We watched the first round through it. And then the second round, which was a little bit smaller, I think there were only 36 people there. Thankfully. Yes, uh, which definitely a more manageable number. This round, we actually got to pretty much ham it up as announcers and covering the the action as it happened. We did. It, I got to uh, unleash my inner shoutcaster, but very quietly, so that was great for me. Yeah, exactly. So why don't you take a look? All right, Greg, so we are starting in room A for Two Rooms and a Boom. We're following four people. My name is Mac May. My role is that I am Juliet, so I'm going to have to end up in the same room as Romeo and as the bomber. Uh, my name is Julian, and I am the rock on the gray team. My name is Paul, uh, and I am the blue koi boy. So I can't, I can only color share. William, I am blue team, not the president. Okay, fun. So we got some pretty good coverage of the gray rolls. Mm -hmm. Shame we didn't get one of the principals, but yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a look and see how this all happens and see whether even any of them are going to be in the room. So that was pretty quick. That was an almost unanimous leader selection there. A lot of confidence. He was, uh, he was the assistant while they were setting up the game. He helped count people. So I guess people are just used to accepting his authority. Yep, looks like it. And we're seeing our people starting to talk to others and color sharing, it seems. Mingling around. Yeah, playing it very cautious. Color share first. If you see they're on the same team, you want to card share. Um, pretty classic strategy. Mm -hmm. I'll be interested to see at the end of the game what the ratio of grays to blues reds is because I know that's a very careful balance um, we want to have some interesting fun grays but you also can't make the primary teams too small because you know nothing will happen yeah exactly so let's see how this all goes everyone is just getting gathering information for now so we'll check back in after the first round and the first leader has chosen we have found the scissors. And we, she is in the same room as Rock right now, right? No, she is not. 
Rock is in the other room. That's right. I thought Paul was Rock. Nope. That would be Julie. There was an attempted coup, but it did not work. It seems that they did not have enough people, not enough votes. It needed ten to pass, and there were only like seven or eight. Strong vote of confidence for this leader. Uh, Got to be reassuring for him. The actual leader is right now going around and asking about any red spot, so I'm guessing he's on the blue team. I'm going to guess that as well. This could mean trouble for our uh, player, Paul. He is not allowed to card share. That's right. That does kind of make him naturally suspicious, but hopefully they'll, um, he'll be able to reassure them. Um, then again, I mean, that's exactly what a spy would do. So. Exactly. It looks like one of our players has just been switched. He got the leprechaun. Take her, take her, take her. And that would be Will. One round in, what do you think? Uh, I'm currently green team again. <laughs> um, so I've agreed to card share with someone over there, but we did it before, or we didn't get the chance to card share, so that's going to be the first thing I do, so I'm not going to be green team after this. I believe she's blue, so. We now head over to room B, where one of our players has been switched, and the other three of ours are in right now. Let's check in with them. So, what are your thoughts right now? Uh, right now, it's kind of tough to figure out uh, where the president and the bomber are. And since I'm not allowed to share my card, it's hard to find out what other people's cards are. So I'm kind of in a bind, and I'm not really sure what to do right now. So, you're one round in. What are you thinking? Uh, well, I found out who my adversary is, but I can't find my target. So, I know I need to get out of this room on this next round, or I'm going to lose. So. Next one, we are back in room A. So let's see, this is round three, three, uh, three minutes, three hostages. Let's check in on our players. So Will, how are you doing? So I am green once again. I ended up giving it away, was a blue usurper temporarily. Now I'm back to green after having asked someone separately. Well, there we go. Happy <laughs> you, yeah. literally. Exactly. How, what are you thinking of the game so far? Of the game so far? So I am Juliet. I have to find Romeo and end up with the bomber. I have found Romeo. So the two of us are together. We have to stick together. At worst case scenario, we've got a 50-50 shot of ending up with the bomber. So that's good. Our thought is since we're gray, we're kind of in the middle, we're going to try to use blue, find out who the president is, trade that information to red, so that red makes sure that, like, like so that they'll know where the president is, but then red will make sure the bomb ends up with us. So that, that's our, we're hoping to trade that. So, we know now that our player Julian is also in the room with the person who is Sims. That's right, and he actually just got out of the room with paper. He was like, oh, send me out of that. So he's uh, he's sitting pretty, but I'm going to guess that she's going to volunteer to get out of this room next. So it's still a total grab bag. we got two rounds left. And we are between rounds again. The leaders are choosing their people. And the leader for room B is actually different this time. So it looks like while we were out, they successfully usurped. Oh, and it looks like... Let's see, let's see. I think that it might be that Julian might be in trouble. The leaders have high-fived. They are exchanging hostages. One looks like Napoleon Dynamite. And we are back to room B. 
All right, Paul, we've got this round and then one other left to go. So what are your thoughts? Well, uh, we're starting to form a bit of a blue group here. I don't know if we're going to be able to do anything with it, but we're kind of trying to share as much information with each other as we can. I'm also trying to find the... Uh, the Lucky Charms man, right? the Leprechaun, because that way I can switch. I imagine someone's going to try to share it with me after I find it, but at least I'll have something that I can do a little more with. How is our good friend Paul, the Koi Boy? Well, he is. It seems that there's a blue group forming over here, but he is also looking for the Leprechaun because he wants out of the blue a Koi Boy role. I can't say I blame him. Yep, so unfortunately he's a little bit out of luck. He's in the wrong room. Maybe he'll get transferred. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. With the end of this round, it is the last round coming up, and we are going right back to room A. It looks like our friend who managed to reclaim the leprechaun in round three has moved to room B, so maybe uh, he'll have some more luck holding onto it over there, but maybe people will invite him to share. Well, I mean, he did lose it right after we talked to him, so unfortunately he was not the leprechaun at that point. I do not know what he was when we switched. Let's check in with Mac. How are you doing? Hey, so I had a very complicated plan. Fortunately, wasn't able to get it done in the time frame. So, so now just down to luck. We're just uh, Romeo and Juliet are here together. As long as the leader doesn't send either of us, at least we'll end in the same room. So we've just got 50/50 shot of. So we got 50/50 shot of staying together. So, beginning of the last round, what are your thoughts? Uh, I am still full blue team, and I think we have a pretty good shot. It's a question of, we have firm control over this room. What we do with that is up in the air. All right. All right, the last hostage exchange is going on. The leader is now debating who to choose. Who's going to go? And he has chosen. And it looks like Scissors is still in the same room with our friend Julian, which means Rock is going to win. Yes, it does. It looks like that is the case. Well, unless they send paper, in which case all three of them are going to lose. Yes, yes, we will see. Does not look like they sent paper. There's no vocal distress, so we assume that he's safe. All right, let's go. Let's find out what happens at the end. Ready! Okay, get to your sides. <laughs> On your mark. Okay, so we had some Sorry. We had some fun rolls. Did we have any angels in the room? Angels! Do we have angels? Angel. <laughs> yes, we have angels. Do we have any demons? The correct answer was no. <laughs> demons! Alright. Demons have to lie. Uh, have to lie. Okay. Um Romeo and Juliet, where's Romeo and Juliet? Oh no, you're in the same room! You gotta Let's blow up, you gotta die. blow up to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alright, who is the leprechaun? Winner! Okay. Now, here's a fun experiment. Who took a turn as the leprechaun? Raise your hand. <laughs> Never left the room. It's not easy being green, is it? Uh, I wrote that ahead of time. Uh, you're welcome. Um, okay, so rock, paper, scissors are back for this game. On three, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Everybody loses. All right, here we go. So, blue team, everybody, raise your hands. Blue. Okay. Oh, even split. All right. So, on the count of three, drop your hands unless you're the president. One, two, three, show me the president. Okay, president, keep your hand up and hold your card up. Okay, red team, put your hand up. Uh -oh. Okay, all right. 
On the count of three. The only people with their hands up be the bomber and the president. One, two, three, lower your hands, let's the bomber. Bomber. Blue team. Yeah. Blue team. And the blue team has won. Good job, everyone. And thank you, Pass Jacob. <coughs> Sorry, wrong persona. As you can see, that game was very energetic and a lot of fun. We're getting into it even sitting back in the room afterwards. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of excitement going on here. <laughs> yeah, so that was a lot of fun, but we not only played games and talked to people on the floor and covered other games, but we also really got the amazing chance to talk to some designers through the Future of Gaming panel, which we actually ran. This was a tremendous opportunity. This is actually one of the things that I was most excited about was getting the opportunity to moderate this panel where you had top-tier game devs, Rob Davio, Jason Matthews, Ben Rossett, Bruce Glasgow, um, and we just had the chance to sit in a room with them, about 50 people on the other side, and say, where do you think the future of gaming is going to go? It was an amazing opportunity. I'm so glad that we got to do it. We picked out some of our personal favorite questions for you to take a listen to. The design of a game, and it seems like a lot of today's games are eliciting a lot more diverse types of emotions, other than the thrill of winning and the the loss of losing. Um, do you see in the future that there's room for real intense and diverse emotions that may not typically be thought of as playful or fun? Uh, you had me until the last word, or the last three. Um, I hope that we get different emotions out of the game. I mean, I would love, I like playing war games, you know, crush your enemy. I like playing co-op games where we beat the game. I like playing really hippie role-playing games without like dice or rules or we're just collaboratively storytelling. They all produce a different emotions. I love that we're in a place where there's enough games and enough people trying enough things that sometimes you're going to get a game where... I mean, my favorite thing is to produce an emotion. Hopefully not, like, outrage that I did a bad job. Like, that's not the emotion I want. But, like, within the game of, oh, you jerk, you did this. Or, wow, I can't believe I was really moved by this moment of what was essentially cardboard coming together in my head. So, I hope so. But I hope they're... mm, Take it back. I like playing games because they're fun. So, when you said that aren't necessarily joyful and fun, I said... Traditionally. Yeah, traditionally joyful. But, I mean, there was uh, Brenda, what's her last name? Her game, Train. It's not fun. Brenda Romero? Was it Brett White? Yeah, now it's Romero. I mean, she made a game called Train, which was really an art installation with game mechanics that kind of produced nothing but horror. And so I'm like, well... I mean, I hate to say it given the, the topic, but I'm like, well, good for our art form to be able to produce that reaction. There's also another, there's a video game, and I can't remember the name of it, where you have a companion that I think dies over time, but that experience of like your travels with that person is part of the game. Sure. I mean, there's a video game that came out recently. I think it has the word dragon in it. Yeah, it came dragon up, cancer. Yeah, which about a parents created after they had lost their son to cancer, and it's about, you know, in the game, childhood cancer. I'm like, so that's not joyful or fun. It's not a book. It's not a movie. It's immersive. You interact with it. I always feel when you interact with the medium, you're more emotionally connected to it. Like a lot of the games, the legacy games I do now, I ask you to name stuff because then it's yours. 
names have powers, right? You feel attached to it because you gave it an identity. And so I'm sure this game is powerful to play. Uh, I'm not sure I'd ever be able to play it. With, Even with no background with, in this topic, with 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 betrayal, I, I think um, that I'm very interested in that whole question of emotion in gaming because I think I was really trying to come at the horror genre and try to get at that emotional core. And I want I I said when you're watching a horror movie or reading a horror novel, what makes it exciting, what 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 puts you into the moment is not knowing what might come at you. It could be anything. When you go into that house, when, when you, know, you open that first doorway, um, you don't necessarily... I mean, yeah, you saw the movie poster on the way in, but you don't really know what's going to jump out at you, when it's going to jump out at you. Is it going to be a vampire? Is it going to be a, a, a zombie? How is it going to be different from the, from the zombie you've seen before? And if, if, if this game doesn't surprise you... Um, and and throw something unexpected at you that you that you didn't know could come at you. Then I didn't feel like it would be a real horror game, and that's when I came up with the idea of having fifty different scenarios. Whatever I was thinking was just so that you would never know. Every, you knew that when you go into that house, it's going to be something you've never seen before, and I hope that that and, and a lot of people tell me. You know, when they get play betrayal and they get the candles out and the and you know the darkened room and everything, and they're like they're trying to create that atmosphere of suspense and horror. What is the uh, the thing that you're most looking forward to in like, anything new? Anything that you're most looking forward to in game design is coming out, uh, out like, or you're expecting to come out in the future? I'm most looking forward to the integration of continued integration of apps and a little bit of digital in tabletop gaming. I've seen some really amazing uh, implementations of it, and I think that's got a lot of potential uh, when it's done right. So I'm, I'm interested in the technology being used to not replace in any way, but to enhance the experience of tabletop gaming, maybe with the augmented reality or other types of um, I don't know. Uh, I guess the thing that I think is most interesting, I'm not, I mean, looking forward to, I don't know, uh, I'm looking forward to a day where I don't have to make prototypes. Um, <laughs> um, physically. If, in, in fact, if my son masters the 3D printer, maybe I'll, maybe something good will happen to me. But um, no, I, I think the most interesting trend, as we note the, um, as we note the increasing diversity in the hobby, I think we inevitably get designs on subjects and in areas and manipulating game systems in ways that we don't anticipate. And I think already we're seeing a little bit of that with like the micro game stuff that came yep. to pass we you know that was nowhere a couple of years ago and that's super interesting and the thematics uh, that some women designers are bringing in and what ultimately game designs and game mechanics will look like when women are represented as much as uh, the panelists up here <laughs> um, so we'll see but it'll be interesting for sure uh, I'm interested in 
like where things are going. Just Brett, Brett, I walked by something near the unpub section of the booth out there yesterday. I don't think that the designer is here. Um, but it was called Complicated Board Game, the card game. <laughs> right? And it was a simple card game about playing a complicated board game and everything that goes wrong. And I didn't play it, and part of me wants to play it, but part of me wants to keep it perfect in my head as the best concept for a game that I've heard in years. I just walk by and I'm like, what? And it's like, oh, it's a simple card game about all the problems of a complicated board game. I'm like, brilliant, I'm out. Like, just, just the fact that you thought of that and then now you're here with something that's playable, like, it's just made my month um, on a more self-serving thing like I would love to see what someone does with some of the stuff I've done with legacy games because I've never experienced it so I'm always guessing if something's interesting right and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and someone's going to do something I never would have thought of and it's going to be really cool and I'm going to get to experience it as a player and be like oh that's what it's like when you ask to rip something up that sucks why would I ever do that to someone <laughs> that's horrible um, so I'm looking to just see uh, if something that I've done that I enjoy making, I would actually enjoy playing. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a really good question because it's a question that I'm asking myself all the time. What kind of game do I want to play that I can't play? Because that's that's the question I need to ask before I can decide what game I'm going to work on next. I mean, a couple of years ago, I was like, I keep on getting... You know, having my the game club that I run at my college or my family gets together and I've got 11 people and there's Werewolf, there aren't that many games. I'm going to design a game that I can play with 11 people, but it's still a game. Um, and so I'm always, you know, that, that's, that's always the game that I want to design next is the game that I want to play that I can't. And I agree about the prototyping too. That's <laughs> <laughs> just awful. <laughs> And that's just a snippet of what we talked about on the panel. And we will be posting a longer version of this panel later on if you'd like to listen to the full thing and all the questions that were asked of our panelists. Fair warning, it did run about two hours, so you're in for quite an endeavor, but there was some really great stuff that got talked about. It's well worth a listen if you're interested in the process of game design or the future of the board gaming industry. And especially if you're interested in some of the things like with the demographics, the designers and that kind of thing, we were talking a lot about how that was changing and how the people who were the consumers of board games were changing the way that the board games were being designed and thought of even. Right, definitely. But in addition to the panel, we also had the chance to talk to some of these designers one-on-one. -on -one. We sat down for an interview with Rob Davio, we got the chance to talk to him, of course, about Pandemic Legacy, given that we've been playing that. I somehow managed to refrain from asking him why he hated us. Um, <laughs> but we did get a chance to talk about that. We talked about his upcoming game, Seafall, as well as just sort of his creative process. Not we only that, but we also have the inside scoop on a new game that he, uh, he's still in the middle of creating that is Cthulhu-based, which actually makes the players crazy rather than the characters. I mean, I think Pandemic Legacy did that already, but this one has Cthulhu flavor on it, and it's more of a party game, so we did get a chance to talk to him about that. We also got to talk to Ben about a lot of the games that he's been making. These are different games from Brewcrafters to Marsney's Mechanics and Between Two Cities. Vastly different games, vastly different mechanics, and different feels. And each of them a really great game on it in its own right, but it's very interesting to get a little bit of an insight of what's going on behind all the games and like how did he get inspired to make each one of these games from your favorite heavy euro to one of my favorite title lane games 
it was really good. A lot of insight, especially if you're thinking about making your own board games and things like that. Definitely, definitely. And these interviews, really, before going into this weekend, I don't think I had an appreciation for how distinct and concrete the different roles of the designer versus the publisher were. But that came up in, in both of these interviews, and we got the chance to think about some of the creative process from the production side, but also from the development side. So that was yeah. great. One of the other things that we got to do later on Sunday, we got to sit down with Dave Chalker and talk about his new game, Thieves Market. Um, we have an audio interview with him, sort of uh, what's the game about, but even more excitingly, we actually recorded video of that. So be on the lookout, be checking our YouTube channel. That will go up as our first YouTube video. So we're obviously very excited about that. Hope you are too. This is definitely a new aspect of Dragon's Demise, and we hope that you'll uh, you'll join us on that part of the journey. Exactly. Uh, I think that'll be a great, great one. So... Thank you for joining us for our review of Washington. We hope that you'll be on the lookout for those interviews that we mentioned, the YouTube video that's going to be coming down the pipeline, all of the other material that we have from this weekend because there was so, so much of it. We hope that we convinced you that it was a great time and that you should definitely come out next year. We appreciate you being here for that, and be sure to tune in next time for our review of Mystic Vale.